0: Interlude. As the mauve curtain is drawn shut on the proscenium stage, Robin and Ralph enter stage left. Striding briskly in tandem, arms akimbo, jerking like clumsy fledglings. They are haloed by a following spotlight. Ralph stops center stage, and Robin, who still mugs comically to the audience, bumps into him, roughly from behind. Ralph takes hold of him and slaps his face Robin, his hand to his smarting cheek, says, Ow! What'd you do that for? Ralph. Because you're stupid. Robin, nodding. Oh! Ralph. What is the purpose of the worm? Robin. What? Ralph. Do you not listen to Faustus when he instructs? Robin. What? Ralph. Why do you come to lessons? Robin. What? Ralph, appealing to heavens, What is the purpose of this worm? Thinking the question intended for him, Robin looks down at the front of his trousers. Seeing this, Ralph slaps Robin again. Stop that! Robin. What? Feeling his cheek. Ralph. Pay attention. This is serious. Robin. It don't matter, really. Ralph what robin what ralph slaps robin again what are you doing robin i said it isn't ralph what robin what ralph makes to slap him again but robin runs away ralph chases him and the curtain begins to part for the next act ACT Two, SCENE One, In the marketplace, carts of goods, slaughtered livestock and vegetables, such as stored for wintered, stalls of freshly baked breads and cakes and other delights, and merry minstrels, mischievous magicians, conniving gamblers and whores, all wandering among the festive crowds of ordinary people and their children, milling, idling, and talking gaily, filling the town square in unexpected happiness. Winter lets the sun, and relieves the rime and cold. The oozy puddled slush plashed by feet, where yesterday frozen crackled underneath. This day's respite, suspicious preternatural spring, brought by iodine imps who rudely assaulting, who distress and chase the feathered fay, angelic lithe innocent sylphs of innocent sky, whose kisses frost our pains, whose fingers touching ice, whose dancing showers snow, now embattled and defensive, now routed and lost to erupted masses of evil enemies, come boiling out like bugs from Faustus' house. Or was it rather God's beneficence, as some say, in happy justice to these happy holy days? Gambling buskers and sly whores wend, taunt, inveigle us, we crowds, collected to celebrate his time, when Christ is newly born and God's beloved and naive, before his jealousy and rage, his righteousness and wrath, before his judgment upon us for the murder we want, unwanted but wanted, soon enough, soon again, and never to be atoned, when seasons should turn natural spring comes again again the contrary clamour black rains worlds reversing and death to our saviour this very babe born this celebrant morn blood shed on hands of all we sinners who now drunk and debauched enjoy too much a birth we'd ruined the noise of them cacophony shouts out loud full-throated laughs and cheers The spirit relishes all, Mephistopheles exults, and in the midst he wildly wheels, arms flung out, and face to heaven. Joyful gives out his own glad amen, and takes the first hand offered him to shake brotherly and pass some token of bounteous wealth and happiness. He passes them to everyone he meets, a beggar gets a gem, Vigorous legs to one who's lame. Bright eyes to the blind man. A falling-down dame gives a foal. And a worthless peasant gets a change of clothes. Suddenly he is the fat and happy burgermeister in feathered cap, gilded garters, and silken hose. Only his face still, soot-smudged, left snaggle-toothed. It makes Faustus laugh to see him changed. How quickly, what he seemed, he became. And the crowd as quickly took him to be a magistrate or rich, and parted for his way. Three maidens, all daughters of farmers whom Faustus knew, hid their faces and giggle as they pass his companion and him. A girlish glance, an incidental touch. The fragrance of the one whose name is Marguerite affects him. I know her, he says. She used to bring me flowers of her garden, and he remembers when he was a student how then a child, a pretty little girl, knitted vernal wreaths of grass and blossoms to wear for laurels. She solemnly crowned him. He'd been so touched he leaned to kiss her mouth, but she had run away. He loves her still for the tenderness he felt. Does she remember, he wonders now. The companion shrugs, no. M. sniffs the air and stiffens like a dog. Upon the scent of prey, I smell sausages. Faustus, distracted then anxious, announces, I want a wife. I need the comfort and contentment. Faustus hurries at M. as he stocks his meat. You can have any woman you want. The companion gestured with his hand. "'sweeping the range of plump, of lean, of old, "'young and beautiful, or plain. "'Choose what?' "'No,' said Faustus. "'I mean to have love. "'That I cannot give.' "'Faustus drew M. into the corner of the market, "'where butchered piglets hung upside down, "'my cloven feet, naked as babies, pretty and pink, "'and bleeding from their nostrils.' Faustus cursed his compact. He called it null, called it void, and elaborated his complaint. But the dark companion quietly withstands his acrimonious claims. He buys a roasted sausage to consume, then answers him while eating it, taking Faustus point for point. Love is not knowledge. It knows nothing, has not wisdom, nor has truth. Love is in the form of... "'relationship like addition like subtraction. "'But you can understand that. "'I defy you to understand what love may be. "'Now, indeed, I cannot say what it is, "'except to see how it affects them. "'Look at them. "'It all seems transformed. "'By a gesture he had made them all "'to love another, near or far, "'and all the men and all the women mooning.' Stealing glances gleam and leer with lust, like randy monkeys, dogs, or cats. It is obscene, here one man masturbates, who will not love but his own hand. It matters not whereat his love's eye sets. Self-love or love of others is just the same to them, the companion perseveres. Love mirrors hate, and gathering despair taunts violence. Delights with cruelties. The Romans love the Christians to see them tortured to their deaths. And the Christians love their fellow man, though they plunge those to hell, who do not love their loving God well. You do not know, Faustus objects. But scanning sees the scenery queered, mercurial and M's quixotic jaundice, where jealousy and bitterness displace admiration, affection, and former delights. A lewd butcher indulges bitter spites. A pretty face contorts with harsh remorse. Our passion's pageantry, mocked, morose, Presented cynically in crass immorality, Which Faustus, seeing, rejects, defies. No, no, this is nothing that I want. It's larger than mind what I seek. Faustus, dismayed, despairs, and turns away. But M. addresses him to his own pledge. But this is undue, by agreement untrue. You must recall only knowledge and reality. These, you have agreed, are all the properties that you should want from me. You seek this matter love. But if it's real, it's only this of lust and longing the simple consequence, selfishness and need, and has the higher-sounding meaning only words may tell. At any rate, there's much more truly real. He pauses, gesturing at examples seen. Try first your pleasure, and then your pain. Then if you may distill your pleasure from that body in love, and drink that up in a given tonic, whenever you may like. You will take it before that sentimental thing, which, I promise you, shall always end in pain. Faustus could not speak, confused, but some wordless thought. Unspoken truth began. Mephistopheles sought like a shadow on his mind, a light inside his eyes, and quickly changed the scene. He snapped his fingers, that is all, and suddenly in the middle of their strides they walked no more among the people but were alone in woods away from social tides.